the elephant in the pew. Elephant in the Pew podcast, where they engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. From the Elephant Portable Studio, here are your hosts, Stephen Whitten and Ryan Reggie. I mean, what is fundamentalism? We, we look at some key, I guess we should define it before we... Yeah. I guess that's true, yes. Um, There's cultural references that you have to take... Yeah, it's and, and then, like you said, transition them into right. what we have now, and that's that's kind of the task of Bible study and understanding the Bible and preaching. What's well, up? <laughs> what's up? Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew podcast, where we engage in the topics everybody wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. And I just wanted to clarify that. Um, the they, Ryan was asking me, who's they? Because in the <laughs> opening, it says, where they, we are they here. We are they. We are technically the peanut gallery. We are they. We that, are they. That's a uh, kind of very, like, meta, isn't it? Yeah. We are we they. We are they. Wow, that's weird. Why they are not us. But they are us. But they aren't us, but we are they. Yeah. You sounded a lot like Jack Black right there. I did? Yeah. No, weird. Not like in the voice, but like you sounded like he, he would have said something like that. Oh. Um, so, yeah. We're, we're here. We're back. Um, this is... We got out of our recording schedule a little bit, so you're going to be hearing this next week. And so the one came out today that we're recording. And this whole new not live thing has been throwing me through a loop. Let me tell yeah. you, we're not we're not really off schedule because we're still pre-recording a week the, advance. The main show's fine. We just missed a, a we missed the a news. news. But you guys just Google. Guess just what? Something. We both had VBS this week. So yeah, VBS is awesome. Yeah, VBS is actually really good. I'm eating a graham cracker in case you're wondering. Yeah. <laughs> the, he, apparently the, he's hungry in the middle of the afternoon. The driest food in the world. Green yeah. Pinker. So, but today, what are we going to talk about today, Ryan? You know what? I have a really interesting something I want to talk about today. Really? We're going to be talking about um, fundamentalism. Fundamentalism. Yeah. See, I believe that maybe we should put the fun back in fundamentalism. Put the fun back in fundamentalism. Well, it depends on, okay, so this is the thing is like, before you and I started hanging out, I had a really bad taste in my mouth about fundamentalism. Like, the whole idea of fundamentalism basically um, was a what bad... What did I have to do with it? No, I said before I hung out with you... I know, but what I, what I have to do with it? How well, it because you helped open my eyes a little bit. I'm not to, a fundamental. No, you're. I'm not saying you are, but you... I put like, the fun back in fundamentalism. Yeah. Well, uh, what I was saying was before I hung out with you, I it was a bad like it was a bad word. I didn't use fundamentalism because it was it was the equivalent of a four-letter word in my grandparents' household. Really? Yeah. That's interesting to me because you grew up Nazarene. I did. Um Nazarenes aren't fundamentalists, but they hold a lot of fundamentalist principles. They have a lot of fundamentalism ideas, but they are not they most the majority of them are actually not for fundamentalism. The interesting thing, though, is, I mean, what is fundamentalism? We we look at some key, I guess we should define it before we... I know. guess that's true, yes. Um, so, 
fundamentalism, in essence. Let me, um, and I'm going to, go ahead. We'll no, go ahead. You're uh, going to read the definition off the internet. No, I wasn't going to, I wasn't either. I was going to uh, say the definition does change your outlook on it, right? Right. My view of fundamentalism was um, uh, what I was taught, which was, well, let's just read the the definition first, and then I will retract what I was saying earlier. Do you want me to read it? Read it. I thought you were going to read it. I was going to make something up. Oh, were you? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, according to Google, which is not the best... Hey, my, my phone heard me. <laughs> just so you guys are aware, my okay, phone heard Google. me. Don't say, okay, Google, and it not... <laughs> I couldn't have played that perfectly. <laughs> okay, Google. Okay. Okay, so the 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 def- I'm scared to talk right now. So the um the definition of fundamentalism according to Google is a form of religion, a form of a religion, especially Islam or Protestant Christianity that upholds belief in the strict literal interpretation of scripture. A sub Definition is strict adherence to the basic principles of any subject or discipline. So, so, but the 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 defining moment or the definition that I was always you know it was um it was I was always told that most fundamentalists don't interpret scripture um correctly. That's what I was told when I was a kid. Okay, did they say why or is that it? Well, I was, like, I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So, I don't fully. I it was just. I remember being told by several people in my family that most fundamentalists were crackpots. But I'm not gonna say that. I mean, I. That's the thing is like, I, I, again, after hanging out with you, I don't think anybody who's a Christian should say that another person who claims to be a Christian is a crackpot. I mean, it, we should always. I mean, I say that about should, you pretty regularly. So, but that's the difference between. Um, but I mean, like you're doing it out of. Well, I hope you're doing it out of like just you know like a jabbing a yeah, little yeah, fun. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, great. Now we have to rethink this whole. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, uh, but no, uh, I I just feel like we need to know all the information before so we just say when that's I th- the truth. When I think of fundamentalist, I think of Hills what is no Hillsborough Baptist. Oh, those are the ones that always protest the gay funerals and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, see I don't think of that now. That's what I think of. Um and so this is this is my my deal. Because I, I think scripture should be um taken literally to the sense that you literally believe the context that it was written to, and then you cross the bridge of time and you apply it to our context, yeah. right? So, whereas and that's different than taking it quite taking it like, literally. Like we need to leave the corners of our fields unplowed, and so we're gonna do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's that's, I guess, fundamentalism technically. Technically, I think. Um, Although I live in Indiana, and a lot of corners are unplowed. <laughs> Just because they're hard to get to. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's usually that cr- like, that uh, turn. The birds will eat it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. Yeah, yeah, they don't go straight to the corner. But that's, so that's different. Yeah. Um. So you know the whole fundamentalism thing is um. It's hard because I see a constant devaluing of scripture in our society and even in churches. Yeah. And it's becoming especially it's, in it's becoming more of a moral guideline, more of a like. 
how to live your life right. It's it's not so much as the book from which we define what we do and who we are, you know. Um, and so I think it's a reaction to the back in the '60s. Um, no, sorry, back in the '20s, um, back when science was starting to become a trusted means of explaining things. Fundamentalism was a reaction to that, and in which they mm-hmm. said, you know what, forget science, we're going to just have, you know, the Bible, what the Bible says. So you see things like Ken Ham, um, I don't know if he'd be classified as fundamentalist, but believing... He would be a sect of fundamentalism, Yeah, I mean, right? the creation fundamentalists that believe that the, what the Bible says about creation is 100% true and accurate, which I would lean towards that. Stephen would lean further away from that. I, I, I on a spectrum he would be further and I would be closer. Yes. Um however I I notice myself changing some as I um spend time in seminary and um not necessarily away from believing the Bible but understanding certain things. For instance, the um the women in church thing. I traditionally have been a, a women in ministry, um not for women in ministry. However, my views have begun to change or at least been challenged a little bit um, understanding some of that stuff so uh, understand the contextual applications of that uh, and then applying them so the question I have then where I'm at now uh, is um, where do you stop Um, how do you understand the context of uh, the Bible and and what was said when it was said and, and was it just something that was applied for that time well how do we know that it's not something that applies over time, you know, so those are kind of I'm I'm in like level two questions now. I was used to be at like level one questions where I just kind of dismissed and stuck to what I believe. Now I'm in level two questions, so mm-hmm. that's good. I'm growing as an individual. Um, yeah. <coughs> it's always good to grow. Um, so, but I'm still probably more in the camp. I'm I'm very hesitant. I definitely flex my muscles anytime somebody starts saying things like, "Well, you know, that's your interpretation" or stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I'm like, "Whoa, there's no I interpretation." Always question, I always question when people use that in, like that word, yeah. interpretation, um, because it's been used so flippantly. Flippantly, I, I, I remember when I was in youth group growing up. Um, we all sit around a bunch of, we'll say, thirteen to eighteen year olds sit around and the the past the youth pastor or youth guy would read a uh, passage of scripture and he'd say now what does that mean to you guys oh gosh <laughs> that was the dumbest thing ever why Don't did they ever, do that okay if you're a youth pastor right now listening to this i would not recommend asking 12 14, 12 to 17 year olds yeah. how they feel about a script certain yeah, cuz they don't have any idea you no. got to tell them Yes, because that's that's what it is. So uh, something that um, when it comes to uh, um, reading scripture, I, something that I learned in college, and you and I were in the same class, same class, same class in uh, in uh, college. This was the class where we actually met. That's right. It's New Testament. I think it was the only class we took in college together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even remember what the professor's name was because he was an adjunct. So no, I just I just Bradford Brian Bradford. Okay, he said a phrase that has stuck with me since then, and text it was a text without, without a context, context is, is only a, a pretext for whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, what you said. Yeah, so that's the whole idea that I've always I read scripture. That's why I don't read one verse or take someone who, whenever I'm listening to a sermon or whatever, and they choose a specific. Uh, verse out of the Bible mm-hmm. to met, match up with their 
their sermon, mm-hmm. like it feeds into what their their point that they're trying to make. Yeah. I always read the entire chapter yeah. of that verse just so I can get an idea. Of, like, what, what did they use it in the yeah. right context? And almost always, it's not it's the usual n- context. It, no, it's it's not. It's usually just to feed, and I don't want to say usually, but more often than not, in your experience, in my experience, it's always been um, to feed a point as opposed they're to they're trying to make a a, a move. Um, as far as oratorically, they're trying yeah. to make a move, and then they're using evidence for that. So yes, which isn't good. Um, and, and I think that's that's the danger of uh, one of the dangers as we're talking about fundamentalism. Uh, that's one of the dangers is really this whole like, and it's a, like I said, it's a tension because you don't want to say because you can't just take the Bible for what it says because you can to a, an, on a level to to a certain to a certain extent when you you should actually yeah but when you start instituting laws from that that's when you start having some issues so yeah. like the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself yeah just go ahead and take that literally you know what I mean but yeah. when, but when it says things like um you know, uh, when you but that does that, that you, doesn't mean because if you hate yourself, you should hate your neighbor. When it, if you are in debt to somebody, then you can make yourself a, a bond servant to that person, which he will drive up a, a stake through your ear on his doorpost to make indicate that you're his slave. Like we don't do that. You know what I mean? Like right. Or, or there's cultural references that you have to take. And, yeah, it's and, and then like you said transition them into right. what we have now. And that's that's kind of the task of Bible study and understanding the yeah. Bible and preaching and that that's where I think fundamentalism goes kind of kind of off the tracks because Well, yeah, when you think about it, when the Westboro Baptist Church, right? Yeah. They're they're known as the fundamentalist, but they're like extreme fundamentalist. Right. But they're extreme fundamentalist in their own interpretation. Right. Because um, they interpret the Bible to a certain extent that most, even like just normal fundamentalists, would be like, I don't think it's like the Inigo Montoya mentality. Like, I don't yeah. think that means what you think it means. You keep you using this word. <laughs> I don't think it means so, what you like, think it means. And so, like, when you listen to the the Westboro Baptist people, inconceivable. They they are dead set. They believe what they believe is the absolute truth, and they are stuck in that. Mm-hmm. But again, they don't. They they don't listen to anybody other than right. their themselves. Their themselves. So it's really hard as it's really hard to um, take the word fundamentalism when you have that 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 whole idea that picture in your head of what a fundamentalist is to take that and say okay really the the bible is inherent inerrant uh, inherent Inher- well, it, it's we a, it's we do, inherently inerrant yeah yes see, i always mess up that word inerrant right so there it is free from errors so we we believe that i mean most christians it, well if you're not a if if you don't believe that, then you need to start re- rethinking. Well, like, there's two different camps. There's some that would say infallible. It's inerrant. Um, the original text was inerrant, so right. they're saying that the translations have errors. And then some people say that the translations we have now have been projected by the Holy Spirit, and so they're inerrant also. So there's two camps. Okay. 
But I, I, I would be falling in the camp that scriptures are inerrant. The one you're reading today. Yes. I mean. You're a fundamentalist. Yep, I guess to an extent I am. <laughs> I think everybody should be. I think all Christians should have some fundamental, um, fundamentalism in them, right? Certain points, yes. I mean, like especially when you're talking about scripture, if you don't feel like the scripture is like free from free of error or written or inspired by the Holy Spirit, then what what's the purpose of? your relationship with Christ, right? Because the only reason you have a relationship with Christ is because of what is said in the Bible, more than more than likely, right? So I'm going to make a rhetorical move here. Oh, boy. It's going to be a, a steady steer to the right and then a sharp uh, abrasive steer to the left. Okay. So hang on, okay? I'm waiting. Please fasten your seatbelts. So me. the real question is authority, right? The mm-hmm. authority of Scripture. Because, I mean, I guess uh, we like rules as human beings. We like rules. Even though we don't like to admit we like rules, we like boundaries, and we like to kind of know where we can go and where we can't go. So the inerrancy issue or the, the, the literal translation of interpretation of God's Word gives us that. Right. He gives us rules, black and white. It's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Um, so... That's good, and it all comes down to authority, though. What kind of authority do we give Scripture? They are giving it full authority, full authority, fundamentalist, with no challenging ability. So it is what it is, what it says it is, so there's no sinking God of what it means, there's no um, looking at the context of what it means, there's no letting the Spirit discern what it means, all these things. <laughs> these are really important to the process of faith, because I think we all start where they're at. And we say, okay, I believe this is true 100%. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, all the word is God-breathed, used for teaching, preaching, and rebuking, right? Right. Um, so we believe that. And then we say, okay, so let's look at it in context. I pray that the Holy Spirit would um, move in me so that I could discern what it's saying to me, all these things. So that's what normal people do. Well, a, a fundamentalist. <laughs> Excuse me. My throat just somebody's like, Somebody's <laughs> hungry. Uh, so a fundamentalist, I think, the way we define them, I apologize if we're painting them into a corner, um, would say, you don't need to do all that. Just read it. And if it says this, you do that. No questions asked. You know what I mean? Right. Um, whereas that's, I don't think that's the relationship God wants from us because, let me say, okay, so it's an authority issue. So we need to put authority on the word of God to say, if this is what it says, we need to invest in it. Right? So there's a, right. Now, now hang on. So sharp left. Sharp. I just hit However, my head on the windshield. <laughs> However, we don't worship the Bible. The Bible is not God. Okay? Correct. The Bible is not God. The one who gave the Bible is God. So the word of God is to point us to him. Um, and people say, well, that's not true. And John, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Ryan, you're going to hell. But <laughs> I would say this. I would say the word was with God as in the word is Jesus, was with God, and the word was God. The word is Jesus. It's not the Bible. Right. The word of God is Jesus, not the Bible. In fact, the reason why Jesus came to live on earth was so that we could experience God in the flesh. Okay? So it wasn't so he could deliver our book to us. You know what <laughs> I mean? That we could follow. The book he came is, from the heavens. The book God. is literally, why do we call it the New Testament? 
the Old Testament, New Testament, which can also be translated Old Covenant, New Covenant, the Testament word, it can be used mm-hmm. interchangeably. So uh, those are, it's just a testament or a covenant that he's given us to say, hey, these are words written down and this is my guidelines and I won't ever speak against these guidelines. So if you're testing the spirits as it calls us to do, um, it won't ever be against this. However, sharp left again. Uh, we, we're back to the right. We, uh, no, we're back to the left. Oh, we're going back. Okay. No, we're. St- I'm just illustrating. I'm going back to what I was saying. Sorry. Okay, I know. Sorry. It was every, that was confusing. Every analogy. Three lefts don't or two lefts don't make a right. Every, but three do. <laughs> every analogy breaks down. Around like, okay, we went free tickets. Uh, <laughs> and um, so uh, we don't worship the Bible, though. So I think that's where the breakdown happens. We have to realize who we are and who we do worship. Now we worship a living God who is living and active, and although he's not still speaking as in new scriptures, new commands, he is still speaking into our hearts and lives um, mm-hmm. to validate what he said and to discern in us um, how it applies in our lives. So um, that's where I think they get it wrong when they, they go off course with this whole authority issue and give it and give it the authority apart from the Spirit of God moving. Mm-hmm. So that would be my criticism of them on, on that specific issue as far as the Word of God issue goes. I mean, it's not much of a secret that I follow the, the the Wesleyan tradition, right? I came from the Nazarene background. Even though I am no longer a, a Nazarene um, by member, I still follow the Wesleyan quadrilateral, which is... Um, you don't know what it is. It's scripture, tradition, logic, and experience. So... Um, so, like, you always test everything through Scripture. And then you also go by tradi- what traditions. And now tradition is the church. What is Traditionally, what does the church, as the universal church, say about it? Then you go by your logic. You know, your me- this is all Methodism, right? We, um, the Nazarene Church is an offshoot of Methodism, which or Methodist, which was followed John Wesley. Um, and so you use your scripture, you use the tradition, then you use your logic, your personal logic, and then you also go by what you've experienced in your life. Right. So if you use all four of those, it really kind of, it gives authority to the scripture because the scripture needs authority, right. but it doesn't give sole authority to the scripture. Right. It also says, all right, but what did the church, what does the church say, Right. you know, as a whole? Right. Because... I, this is just me pulling out numbers, but I would say that 99.9% of the time the church will agree as a whole to an extent of what what does it mean? What should we do in this instance? Right. Um, unfortunately, we see in the cultural, cultural relevance of um, the church kind of melting a little bit into culture, and that's starting to fail us. So we have to like go into... Like what does tradition, and we mean, and I mean that by, like the the old tradition, not what what's what's happening right now. What does that mean? But mm. because we can't, there are sometimes that you can't trust, um, certain denomination because they've gone off the rails a little bit mm. in modern culture. Mm. So you have to go by tradition, and then that's where your logic comes in and say, okay, logically, according to the scriptures and according to tradition, and what does my mind logically say, and then. What have I experienced in this situation? Like, so mm. if I've experienced this in any way, how does that past experience affect this this uh, decision that I'm making? 
right? Mm. So that's where, like, I agree with you. Fundamentalism is probably the the biggest problem that people have with fundamentalism is authority. It's the authority issue. Mm -hmm. It's the um, giving the scriptures sole authority as a versus to giving like the Holy Spirit. You know the authority God to speak through mm-hmm. the, the Bible, and then you know because logically speaking, <laughs> the the Holy Spirit, if you give the if you give the Holy Spirit the authority, it'll speak to you through the Scripture right. and through all four aspects of that that right. idea. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for explaining the Wesley Quadrilateral. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's just how I've always like that. That's how I attack every issue. Right, so when I when I'm brought to a point where it's like, how do you explain this? I'm like, well, I can't just give you an answer right away because it, there is a method to my madness, mm-hmm. right? So I have to like research scripture, research tradition, and then logically take my experience and my mind and say, okay, this is what the reasoning is. Right. That's why I don't do well with like just upstart debates. I I need some time to think and. Oh, and about now it. you're making excuses for your lack of arguing skills. Yeah. Now you make me look like the bad guy. Ryan's picking on somebody who can't defend himself. I see how it is. I, see <laughs> I didn't say you're that. You're setting yourself up for some sort of great, great glory, aren't you? No. God's going to humble you. Don't worry. It's going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just said I'm not good at anything. Oh, All right, Ryan. It's called, so, it's called false humility, Steven. I, that is <laughs> far from the truth. <laughs> Okay, so um, I said the main issue that we have with um, fundamentalism is, well, that I have, and Stephen agreed. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I did agree. Um, is the authority issue about, well, the second big problem that comes out of this then is the fruit of the authority issue. And the fruit of the authority issue is severe legalism. So mm. um, you get people who then take that authority thing way too far, or not necessarily too far, but they don't include the other parts of the quadrilateral or the authority um, you know, I, I'm much like you. I've learned at Wesley Seminary, so Wesleyan, but we don't necessarily do the Wesley Quadrilateral, but we look at each issue um, historically, we look at it theologically, and we look at it um, biblically. And mm-hmm. so those three combined give you kind of a root application. With those powers combined. The Captain Planet. Um, <laughs> so um, the problem is the, the legalism that comes out of it. So this is where you get things and, and this is why I think it's interesting because I don't think the Nazarenes are that far away from this um, and I know they're like oh fundamentals oh, they're so bad but uh, who, growing up who couldn't go to movies who couldn't play cards who couldn't dance well I would say that myself I couldn't yeah and you I wasn't allowed to go to the but I grew up in Nazarene you're absolutely and you, right and yet they mocked uh, the fundamentalists for essentially having the same rules because of the Bible for different mm-hmm. reasons it was different reasons, exactly. Now, now you you see One, different sects of fundamentalism in in a Pentecostal thing where uh, ladies can't wear dress or they have to wear dresses. They can't wear makeup. Their hair to has like to be a up. Bun, yeah, they can't uh, cut their hair. Head covering. Um, yeah. You see um, some of this in the sects of uh, Amish or or um, Mennonite. Mennonite, where the ladies have to wear head coverings. Um, and and lot, the guys can't wear shorts; they have to wear pants. Um, so yeah. there, there's lots of different um, fundamentalism. Isn't just like one denomination. Like a lot no, of that, no, a lot no, of times, no. a lot of times the Baptists, the Baptists, because the Hillsborough Baptists lately. But really, um, it, what it comes down to is it's got bleeds out into a lot of different Absolutely. areas. Absolutely, anywhere you anywhere you see legalism, 
yeah. creeping in or not even creeping in, but being yeah. a force to be reckoned with, right? Is yeah. you can you can kind of uh, assume that it's a fundamental. Yeah. There's a fundamentalism thread going through that. Yeah. And so um, the hard thing here, though, because I've learned this lesson the hard way, is legalism. Then um, is to define true legalism is a hard issue, mm-hmm. which we can't do. <laughs> Only God can do. And so um, there comes with issues such as we've named off some random ones, convictions. I would say probably the strongest one in the Christian faith right now is alcohol, at least in America. Still, well, still. I mean, I would say that it's slowly the losing. We- the Wesleyan Church right now is voting on whether to keep alcohol for their parishioners or not, because technically parishioners of a, uh, members of the Wesleyan Church are technically not allowed to, but, but they, they're getting, they're trying to vote that out right now. Yeah. Pastors are still not going to be allowed to partake in any alcohol. Which makes sense, but I'm... what. what you know, I'm not here to discuss that issue, but absolutely, I would say that you know, like alcoholism, not alcoholism, but alcohol. Alcoholism is right out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know that. No, um, the alcohol issue is probably has been probably for the last I don't know, eighty years, eighty, ninety years, the hot button issue within the church. But I, mean, I would, it's been since prohibition, whichever prohibition was, was in the 1930s, I think. So, okay. so, so 85 years, right? 86 years. If you're 86 years, Stephen, 86 years <laughs> I and said 80 seven to, months. I said 80 to 90. You, he just blew, he just pulled that out. He doesn't know the exact date. I have no <laughs> idea when prohibition was. It's <laughs> 1700s. I don't know. No, it was actually 18. Not, not even 18. Man, see what you did to me? <laughs> yes. Fumbled my words. No, yes, it was the I 1930s. Working. I know that. That's about all. I, I would know. say it's been a big 1920s, deal since then. 30s. Yeah. And, and granted, and talking to some people at seminary, guys, some teachers who actually the dean of the seminary, who is a great leader of the, the Wesleyan Church and the Wesleyan Church, alcoholism is an issue in America. We, I mean, if you go to the UK or whatever, it's, they can handle it for some reason. They've, I don't know what it is about wh- what happened to Americans, but we, we have an alcohol problem. I agree. I, mean, I would say that most countries that like that claim to not have an alcohol problem probably do have an alcohol problem to an extent. You think? The the thing is like, what you're t- I mean I'm what I'm assuming you're talking about is like Europe and Yeah, like, they have Britain pubs and, and you go there it's just part of life. Yeah, um mainly and this is the this is the excuse that I was given my entire growing up year was because the water quality has always been not par so to do that to to partake in a fermented drink was actually to help kill disease and stuff that's what i've been told i i have a like i said now that i'm i think everywhere has an if you have alcohol there is an alcohol problem can be but it's just one of those things like not everybody's gonna struggle with alcohol i think it's got to be a conviction issue yeah I, i think we've elevated this is the same thing we've elevated we elevated alcohol um problem to the same as that now that we've actually elevated homosexuality to that same level, to, um, and, mm. I, <laughs> okay, well, well, let's just pause a second, because homosexuality is wrong no matter what, alcohol isn't wrong no matter what, it depends no, on no, the conviction. I'm, what I'm saying is it, it's being pulled out from all the other sins, like, temptations, it's being pulled out of, like, homosexuality, for some people, is a temptation, yeah. that whether they give into it or not is, 
another thing. Active homosexuality. But homosexuality is a sin, whereas alcohol is not a sin. But alcoholism is. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. That's what I'm going, like, you know, being a drunkard is a sin. Okay, yeah. Just like being an active homosexual. It's not a sin if you are, you know, like, if I was attracted to another, like, a male, it's not a sin. It's if I give into that temptation. Right. So right? And, and just like drink having having alcoholic beverage is not a sin. It's not a sin, but, but getting drunk in drunkenness is. Yeah. Getting drunk. But here's right. the thing. The church is outlawing something that's not a sin then. Uh, that's what I'm that's it'd be I, like at the homosexuality issue. It'd be like outlawing men talking to each other because it might lead to men liking each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same. It's the equivalent of when uh, dancing occurred. Right. Like in the Wesleyan denomination, I don't, I think it's irrelevant now, but the Nazarene church for sure just recently took out, you know, you know, you weren't allowed to dance. Right. Well, they had to eventually take it out because if, if our missionaries were going to get anywhere, like, you know, building the king, helping build a kingdom, there are cultures all over the world that like Dance. dancing is a huge part of how they yeah tribal cultures you especially. know how they express not just express themselves express like yourself like individually but express the whole culture of that thing. So you have to like dancing's not a sin. When did dancing become a sin? It was the it was the idea like just like alcohol. Alcohol is not a sin, but alcoholism is. Dancing's not a sin, but sexual immorality is and yeah. they they made that leap of dancing can lead to sex and if you're not married to that person then it's probably not a good idea to have sex with them right so it's the whole idea there it's like um it the whole thing what i'm saying is is homosexual that's what they were saying i'm not saying that you can dance with whoever you want to that's not what i'm saying anyway but what i was saying is like homosexuality and alcoholism are on the same par. They're they're on the they're the same thing. It's again temptations, right? Mm-hmm. I get, if I drink, if I drink a beer, I'm not tempted to drink forty right. more. Right. But there's somebody out there that who drinks a beer needs twenty eight more to right. to even come close to satisfying their. So the question is then: Is it the church's job then to outlaw things that are not sin that could cause steps into sin? That's that's a question, and that's not a topic that we were talking about today. We're talking about fundamentalism. Well, I'm getting I'm right. asking. I'm saying that I say this basically okay. uh, <laughs> that in fundamentalism you get legalism out of that, right? And that legalism then is it, it institutes the the legalization of all these things that are not a sin, but because they take the Bible literally, it takes right. things that are like that that. They don't want to get anywhere close to that, so they uh, make these sense. But the thing is, let me go one more step back. Okay, is um, it's a heart issue, like I said. Yeah. So you don't know, like for instance, if you say I don't drink alcohol because um, something for some reason I'm convicted I don't want to drink alcohol, or and I say, well, I don't smoke cigarettes for the same reason, right? Or I don't, um, I don't use the internet for the, re- you know, or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, so that's fine. Cool. More power to you. That's awesome that you have that kind of conviction yeah. and that kind of discipline. Fundamentalism. But, but you Go can't. You Sorry. can't say, stop interrupt. <laughs> Sorry. Stop it. Sorry, I didn't. <sighs> I thought you were finished. Your yeah, you statement. thought I was, but I wasn't. I apologize. You're forgiven. Thank you. Um. So, uh, I could get my train of thought back. You killed it. Sorry. So, but the thing would be is if you were like, I'm really convicted that 
I, I shouldn't drink alcohol at all. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, and now you can't drink alcohol either. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's a, what they do. Essentially. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's so if you want to be in our cool club, you can't drink alcohol either. It's a uh, whole legislating moral moralism, right? Like the whole idea that that's it's a whole concept of it. Mm-hmm. I fundamentalism, which leads to legalism, leads or forgets those two things. Sometimes forget yeah. about this thing that Jesus talked about: grace. Grace, right? And um, when you think about that, like there are, there are the reason why they say, well, we can't do this because it could lead to this. Um, it's the whole reverting back to the Old Testament structure of right. let's get a thousand and a half rules. Yeah. So because if we just obey these rules, then we don't have to worry about our relationship with Christ. Right. Because it will just happen. Yeah. And then they 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 focus so much on rule after rule after rule that they forget about hey guys, the main focus is the relationship with Christ. Yeah. Right. Um, J- Jesus didn't come to um, abolish the law. Right. He came to fulfill the law. Right. But he came to fulfill the law so that not so that we can make another law. Right. right. And that's what fundamentalism and legalism kind of lends itself to. Right. Right. So. If we forget about that grace, um, that's when it's like, well, it's all. And then we talk about James when it's all about works and not faith. It's like faith without works is dead, but you can't you can't have you ha- one without the you, other. Yeah, but then you have Galatians five, which talks about how uh, if you try and keep the law, uh, that you are and you don't keep the whole law, that um, you have basically made the crucifixion of Christ. Um, worth nothing, right? Worthless. That Christ can't even be a part of you because you're trying to keep the law. So um, there's some sort of, like you said, grace, mercy, and grace balance there. Yeah. Between uh, law and um, and uh, let's just say I don't even like the word law. I mean, you know, what I mean, like whole having rules and everything. Mm-hmm. Like there should just be like a standard. Like, and as bad as that sounds, I know standard is just another word for law, Law. but I mean, like, this is going to be the, the Stephen Witten church of Stephen Witten standard now. (laughs) But I mean, no, what I'm saying is just like, you can dance, but only for five minutes. (laughs) Right. No, I'm just, you can drink alcohol, but only for four minutes. It's not a written rule. It's a conviction based, right? Like what's, what's sin for you sometimes is not sin for me. But, but. are going off right now like crazy i know but think about it. you you, ju- you said it the same it's like two seconds to finish you your said, thought before i explode okay the alcohol is a good example right like i could drink a beer and not feel anything and not experience anything but there is somebody um that i know who is an alcoholic and if they have one beer it puts them in a tailspin and they then they go and they drop into that sin. So it's a conviction. I, I, I'm saying, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have rules. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, like, we can't have, like, these hard rules on non-issues. If that makes sense. Yes. Uh, the thing that my mind was about to blow up on was, um, if you said what's sin for you isn't necessarily sin for me which is not true because sin is sin for whoever does it so um what could lead you to sin uh is stronger for certain individuals so like for instance if an alcoholic has one beer he's going to go into sin because it will cause him to sin them 
Whereas if a non-alcoholic has one beer, it's not necessarily going to cause him to sin. So that's not because sin is sin, and it's like there's not. Yeah, like, but the question this is, this person there's sin. Well, the it, question is, is okay. Is there a list of sins? Yeah. Oh, excuse me, I yawned. Um, I ran out of graham crackers, I guess. Uh, Galatians, <laughs> Galatians five. It talks about the fruit of the flesh, which is the mother of sins, right? And so he mm-hmm. says, um, let's see, Galatians five. Um, first of all, in thirteen, it says, "For we are called to be free, brothers. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but to serve one another through love." Now, this is freedom from the law that Jesus freed us from, right? Right, because he fulfilled the law. So for the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? And then he gives us the list of um, things that are fruit of the flesh and fruit of the spirit. And he's talking about law. I mean, lots of times people take uh, the fruit of the spirit and put it on a t-shirt because it's nice to say, oh, this is the right way to act. These are the right things to do. That's not the intention of the verse here. The intention of the verse is to show you that when you love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. um, the fruit of the spirit comes out in your life. And because of the way you're, if you don't love your neighbor as yourself, the fruit of the flesh comes out in your in your relationship. Okay. okay? Yeah. So these are, these are the, so um, verse 17, it says, uh, Galatians 5, verse 17, For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. Okay, so they, they do not work together. They're opposed. Interestingly enough, I know one person who came to be both flesh and spirit, and yet he did not sin. His name was Jesus. So uh, verse 18 goes on to say, But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Cool. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Here's your list. Sexual immorality, mm-hmm. moral impurity, promiscuity, sleeping around, idolatry, worshiping idols, sorcery, trying to get God to do stuff for you by using stuff on him, uh, hatreds, hating people, strife, fighting, jealousy, jealousy, outbursts of anger, uh, selfish ambitions, seeking yourself, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, prostitution and anything similar it says he gives us an etc because he knows we create some <laughs> right okay that's what i was getting ready to say was so you can't there's not an exhaustive list no. of sins that's what i was trying we're, to get. we're the best sinners in the world we create we come up with new ones every day well i think we're the only sinners well, never mind we'll get into differently there but yes human the hu- human race is um like really good at sinning mm-hmm. like that's Basically, like we've been doing that from the beginning, mm-hmm. and um, but what what I was saying was what I meant by, and this this comes from a sermon that I listened to probably seven years ago, um, it, and it was a uh, where it was like eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is not it, it was the whole alcoholism, but he chose peanut butter and jelly, right? So peanut butter, we'll just go on this paleo diet thing, right? So paleo diet, <laughs> as Ryan eats this uh, graham cracker that's clearly not paleo. It's a paleo graham cracker. He made it up. I don't even, show me the box where it it's says a fat, paleo. It's a fat-free, sugar-free, calorie-free paleo graham cracker. Calorie-free? For real? It's. Um, show me the box where it says zero calories. It's a delicious uh, paleo cracker. <laughs> he just makes things up. So, but, um, no. So what he was saying is like, you can't say, and he was, this was a Nazarene pastor at the time refuting a lot of the Nazarene beliefs, right? So what he was saying was you can't say that because you can't eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich 
that I'm not allowed to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, if you were to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, would that not be a sin? Because your conviction that God told you not to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? So you're going against God's will in that situation. I'm just bringing this up as a hypothetical because this was told to me. This is what I heard in a sermon. Now, it, it is, you know. There is a verse in that in scripture, and I actually was trying to find it a second ago. Okay, so while, so, while I continue my statement, you can go keep ahead. finding nope. that. So so that's the whole, that's where I'm coming with coming from with the whole idea of um, what sin, what sometimes what a sin for me is not a sin for you. Like, the whole alcoholism. Now, I'm not saying that the major sins aren't sins to people, because clearly homosexuality is a sin regardless. But what I'm saying is, is like, if you've been convicted in, of something, like, um, I used to say this all the time, when I was on a church board at a Nazarene church, I did not, I followed the rules that were in the manual. I didn't go, I didn't drink, I didn't dance, I didn't smoke. I followed the rules exactly like the manual says. But when I was not on the board, I, you know, I would partake in a drink with with a friend or something like that. But I felt like I was convicted while on the board to follow the rules. If I'm going to be a member of a board or a member of leadership in a church that holds certain rules, just like the Wesleyan Church is talking about taking the rule out of alcohol away from the parishioners, but not for the the uh, pastors, makes sense because if you're a leader of a of a church, you should abide by um, the most wholesome um, tea of the law, right? So, like, even though it's not on there, probably shouldn't. You know, I don't know. It, it gets into a slippery slope when you start talking about like parishioners versus pastors. What can they and can can they not do? So I don't know how I feel about that. Me, I'm just spitballing while Ryan keeps <laughs> researching on his phone. But it's what a I'm talk say- show. That your yeah. point is to talk here, right? But what I'm saying he, that there is like we have to be careful about those rules. Like that, pastors aren't allowed to do something that mm-hmm. parishioners. Shouldn't we all be under the same? Technically, rules? we're all the priesthood of the believers. So, right. Um, so, that's that's where I'm get, getting at with it. But again, it comes down to a conviction mm-hmm. pace. That's I I don't know. Did you find it? Have you found anything yet? Yeah. I'm just waiting on you to stop talking. I've been <laughs> rambling for like twenty boy. minutes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, so Romans. This is the only scripture I know that supports this whole um, sin is different if you have a conviction about. It. In Romans uh, fourteen. Um, 22 through 23, I believe, says, Do you have a conviction? Keep it to yourself before God. Remember that? Keep yeah. it to yourself. Don't go around telling everybody it has to be their conviction too. Right. Okay? The man who does not condemn himself by what what he approves is blessed. Okay? But whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because he is eating. His eating is not from a conviction. And everything that is not from a conviction is sin. Say say that again, that last line. And everything that is not from a conviction is sin. Okay, so let me go back to the top. Okay, do you have a conviction? Dang it. Okay, do you, do you have a <laughs> conviction? Keep it yourself for God. The man who does not condemn himself by what he approves is blessed. But whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats. 
So if you doubt that you should be doing it yes. and you do it anyway. Yes. Because he's eating his eating is not from a conviction because he's not he's not the words they use here are weird or faith yeah. is the, the actual translation and the regular translation NIV. But in everything that is not from conviction is sin. So um that's not the verse I was looking for. Okay. Turns out. Anyway, Turn, there is out. a verse in there that says, in the <laughs> Bible somewhere, if I had more time, <laughs> I would... I, I, I believe you. I'm. It basically states that, same deal, that you cannot um, confess, uh, you can't cause other people to have your same convictions, but at the same time, you cannot, um, if you feel convicted, it's sin for you to be in that, because God, for one reason or another, has told you to... Con- Clock tower. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to go? I'll I'll go. It's time light. for our closing thoughts, yeah. Stephen. I'll start. I didn't with even the... get to all the topics I wanted to talk to you today, but that's fine. Hey, you know what? That's what that's the nature of this show is. Sometimes we don't get to everything. Next mm. week we'll get to those. Maybe we'll do a fundamentalism part two. Um, so my closing thoughts um, on. Uh, fundamentalism as a whole is that maybe we shouldn't be, and this is me speaking from for me specifically, but may, maybe you shouldn't be so hard on um, the idea of fundamentalism. Again, I think it is a mis mis in not interpretation misunderstanding about what authority we give to things. Um, we don't have a relationship with the Bible. We have a relationship with God who we learn about and and who speaks to us through scripture but also through prayer, right? You can and we don't see this a lot in America, but you can actually get a message from God through prayer. You don't have to just read the Bible. God it's God can talk to you through anything. He can talk to you through another person, through scripture of course, but he can also talk to you through just you know prayer and meditation. So, it's all about authority issue. Um, it's whether or not you give sole authority to the Scripture or if you give authority to God who can use Scripture to talk to you. So, that's that, those are my closing thoughts. I kind of um, want to attach myself to, to those ideas because if you... Um, and I, I, I want to apologize to all fundamentalists um, that for years I thought were crackpots because of... You know how I was uh, how I was taught. I'm not I'm not saying you are crack, but maybe you are, but maybe you aren't. <laughs> We're not saying you are. We're not saying you're not either. Yes, I'm. You know, but I'm just a, just just so we know. Crackpot here also equals um, heretic, and we all know that I can be a heretic at times, as all as we all can. So the, you can find me at stoneswillcry.com, elephantpew.com, and I'm on. Instagram and Twitter, I think Instagram at Stones Will Cry and Twitter at Stephen WW because Stones Will Cry. Still on a Facebook break? Um, no, I, I'm not on a Facebook like 100% break. I um, but I don't. I get on there like once a week, not every day. So okay. you can find me there. I rarely share anything anymore. So sorry about that. Um, but you can find us on the Facebook page at Elephant Pew. That's right. Um, because that's, um. We like to see those likes, um, not because of makes us feel good, but because we like to have um, a community. A no, a I like to have a community. I like to see the likes because that means people are actually interacting with us. You like me. 
you really like me. That's not what I was going for, but you can interpret it any way you want, Ryan. Okay, my final thoughts are this. Um, fundamentalism is a mixed bag. Um, even one of my favorite preachers, uh, Mark Driscoll, used to say he put the fun back in fundamentalism, and so they were kind of a brand of fundamentalism. Um, that's the thing. It penetrates a lot of different beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. So I say this. Fundamentalism has some good points putting a lot of weight on the authority of scripture yes we should do that however we have to take in consideration that god who wrote the scripture is the one who you worship so we have to include him in the process and that discernment gives us the ability to avoid some of the pitfalls that true fundamentalists fall into okay so uh, when it leads into legalism it has to be check your heart if someone is forcing you into something that is a um conviction probably should question that because if it's not your conviction then you don't have to follow it Okay, God's given us freedom through Jesus Christ from the law, so we now use that freedom to bless one another. Okay, that doesn't mean that you have to obey rules that are not God given just because somebody says you have to to be a Christian. Okay, so be free from that. That um, the one thing I didn't get to talk about that I want to talk about or wanted to talk about was I hate how um, media has twisted the word fundamentalist. Um, they've used um, that uh, against radical Islam. All those things, if you look up the Wikipedia, all that, um, because um, I believe it's a, it's a trap to get people to believe that, well, Christians are just as bad as Islams. They have a bunch of fundamental nuts, too, you know, and, and it's not the same. Um, and while there are groups like Hillsborough Baptists who show up at funerals and do awful things and say awful things to people who are hurting, um, that's not the majority of Christianity, even though those are the ones that make it on TV. Okay, so that's my closing thoughts. You can find me at shoutingintothewild.com um, or you can find me at uh, elephantpew.com. I'm there. And I'm also on Facebook, like you said, go to the page, The Elephant in the Pew. You can find us there. And I answer those messages and stuff, so you'll see me there. So um, I think that's all for me today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And making us a part of your day whenever you listen to us. We are so happy that um, you are, you chose to listen to us. And yeah. We're, we're happy that you did that. Yeah. Um, be sure to look us up on iTunes and uh, rate us. Give us a five-star, please. That would be awesome. Or give us a three-star. I don't care. Uh, I do care, but just rate us, please. That's right. <laughs> you can find us on all of the uh, social media outlets, also on all of the uh, podcasting outlets, so check us out there. Send us an email if you got a question or a topic idea. We'd love to hear about it. Thanks for being with us today. We love you guys. God bless.